welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android Central, and I have my lovely friends joining us today. I have Nick Cetric. Hello, good sir. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's really early in the morning, but it is. Happy to hear your voice. I've got Andrew Myrick with us. Hello, Andrew. Hello. And I've got my darling friend, all the way from Bangladesh. <laughs> Namira South Fatmi. Hi, Namira. Hi. How are you doing? Hope everyone is well. We are doing wonderful. Okay, let's get started. I have a lot of fun articles that I would love to talk about. Um, we're going to kick kick off with uh, an article that was published just this morning uh, by Nick. Okay, so the article is titled VR will never replace traditional gaming and that's perfectly fine. And I want to start off with this because this article, the the thought of writing this article kind of came from a tweet storm <laughs> that kind of happened to you, Nick. Why don't you explain to us what happened and let's talk about this article. All right. So, yesterday I retweeted a CNBC article where they wrote about a report that talks about um, teens using VR, just, I guess, gaming in general, but it focused on VR usage. And the numbers were 29% of teens owned a VR device, which I thought was pretty impressive. That's basically a third, right? That's a pretty high number. 17% of them used it weekly, which again, I thought was a pretty good number. I don't, I mean, if I think about my PS5, I play my PS5 maybe once a week. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm not a teenager, so our our you're not? habits you're are not a little a different, right? Like, I have a wait. family and stuff. Sorry, wait, Nick, you're not a teenager? What? I th- yeah, thanks. I... Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was half my life ago. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and then the one thing they focused on, which was what irked me, was that only 4% use it daily. Mm-hmm. And my thought here was, with so many ways to play games these days, you got phones, you got consoles, you got handhelds, you got VR devices, you got PCs, you got... Good Lord, a a smartwatch I'm sure you can play a game on, right? (laughs) Does anybody really use one device every single day the entire year? Mm -hmm. I think the genuine answer is no. Of course, I got a lot of people in their replies are like, I use my Xbox every day. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Okay. (laughs) But, I, I mean, if you really sit and think about how often you use one single device, and no, your smartphone doesn't count because it's your communication device. I'm talking about gaming here. Mm-hmm. Do you game on your smartphone every day? Maybe you gain three days a week or four days a week, right, when you're bored in a line somewhere. But I would say for the most part, people don't use one single type of device every single day. Mm-hmm. So I thought focusing on that was a little salty. I, I don't know. I, I see a lot of this kind of coverage in from bigger news places who like to use negative headlines to get clicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, this tweet got a lot of attention. Um, I don't think I've ever had a tweet get this much attention. Um, and it, it made me kind of think about the larger market. Um, and actually, mm-hmm. in the same day, um, there's an analyst. I don't want to butcher his name. I think it's Ming-Chi Kuo. Mm-hmm. He reported that Sony cut its PSVR 2 production this year by 20%. Um, the Quest Pro is only expected to sell 300,000 units, and Pico cut their shipments as well, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And his his general idea here was 
Apple's the only one that can say VR. So that's an interesting. Well, he's also an Apple analyst, right? Like, yes, he's very he much of a. Uh, he follows Apple very, very closely, and uh, I mean, as much of an uh, as an analyst he as he is, he is to an extent an insider as well, right? So right. he he is going to say something like that. Yeah, and that's a lot of these are narratives that I feel like are are pushed regularly from a lot of places. Even if there's not truth to them, there's still narratives that are pushed. So what I wanted to get at here was that VR doesn't need to replace your Switch. It doesn't need to replace your Xbox. It doesn't need to replace your TV. It can do a lot of things, but it does things differently than those. You know, just like your PS5 wouldn't replace your Switch on the go, that would be silly to think, right? I think it's also silly to think that a VR headset is going to replace every form of gaming. And, you know, there are several reasons for this. Number one, VR is a lot more physical than sitting on a couch and twiddling your thumbs on a controller. Like, some days it's nice to just sit on the couch and veg and either watch something or, you know, play a round of Minecraft because it's soothing and calming. And that's great. And some days you want to be actively, like, in the game, moving around, doing stuff. And that's what VR is great for. You know what? I You know what the thing is, though? I think the reason... Um, why this sort of struck a chord with a lot of people in your mentions is probably because gaming is very much of like a, um, like, like, how do I explain this? Like, it, it's kind of like, it's it kind of goes with the conversation around, like, are you an Apple person or are you an Android person? Like, right. people who have specific gaming consoles will be very hell-bent on saying no this is the only console i play i will only play this like it's it's almost like it's a it's like a very strong community do you know what i mean and like i think there's two types of gamers and i i would say like those two types are like you're either a hardcore gamer who understands you know the industry you follow everything and then you've got the gamer who could maybe be a, a casual gamer and I, like for example like I would fall under that category right like I don't really have any affiliation with like any one console I mean I think I would say I'm more of a switch player because I like Nintendo but it, I'm not gonna be like yes I'm a Nintendo shill you know what I mean but I, I think yes. that's that's where it comes from and I and I'm curious and and I know Andrew I know you play a lot of video games and I'm not Namira. Do you do you play video games? I'm not actually entirely sure if you do. Yeah, actually, I love playing games. Okay, so I'm curious to know what like from both of your perspectives. Like, do you feel like you know people go overboard when it comes to this, or or like you know kind of agree with what Nick is saying? I think you your comparison to Apple and Android, you know, iOS versus Android. That's a really accurate a depiction but this is more than that because gaming you know the conversation it, it predates that you know people have been very very loyal to the consoles that they use for a while uh, you know there have been several generations of you know sony versus xbox and, and that kind of uh, set the theme that's how that's why people get so mad when you talk about a specific console you know they feel like they need to defend it but I think Nick made an excellent point that just because there is another form, another console, or another way to game, that doesn't take away anything from other gamers. I mean, we should celebrate it, actually. We have so many different ways to game now. It doesn't take away something 
from you if you're a hardcore Sony fan or if you are, a, you know, Xbox person, it, the more the merrier, I think. Totally. And I, I think what you're saying in, in terms of the celebration of like different consoles, Nick and, and Andrew, I think like, I mean, obviously, Nick, you wrote this in your in your article, but like, Andrew, do you feel similarly as well? Like, do you how many how many consoles do you have or do you do you gravitate towards one specific console or do you feel like, you know, that's not that's not the case? I don't gravitate towards one specific console. Um, I have too many things to play games on right now. Um, But this kind of tribalism, the iOS versus Android Yep. You know, we were talking about it in our in our chat in our Slack group yesterday. It it's so played out and it's but it's in it's not just the iPhone versus Android argument. It's Windows versus Mac, everything against Chrome OS, uh VR versus standard gaming, Nintendo versus whoever. It, it's just so stupid to see how many people just come out of the woodworks to talk trash whenever they get the opportunity to. Yep. And I'm it, it's it's really played out and it's just so maddening. I think I said the same thing yesterday. Like it's so maddening and frustrating to see this. Like just who cares? Yeah, and I I said in the article, I I feel like a lot of this is spillover from political tribalism where there are limited seats of power in politics. So people play this game because you can only have 230 seats in the house or whatever number it is, right? Like whatever country you live in, there's only so many people that can be in power. So of course you have to have this uh, sort of soft war between ideologies. Whereas in a market like gaming, that doesn't exist. There is no ceiling. There's no limited number of seats. Um, I, I used a chart on here to chart the early... Uh, days of console sales, right? So, like, when the NES sold, the NES is really the only major console in that era. It sold 60 million units, okay? The next generation, you had NES, I'm sorry, SNES and Genesis. You now had 79 million total sales between the two of those. And then you had the PlayStation join the fray, and now you had 142 million sales in the next generation. And then the next generation with the PS2 and the Dreamcast and the Xbox and all that was 209 million so, yes, you're getting more players, and yes, people are having their own little groups here, but those groups aren't disappearing. The wider field yeah. is growing. Yeah. So you have more gamers playing more stuff on more things, and that's fine. We don't need to fight each other. A hundred percent. And I, I think, I mean, also we know the pandemic grew that number even more so because of people being indoors and, right. you know, not being able to do anything. But you know what my thought, I, I was having this thought as you, as both you and Andrew were saying this about the concept of tribalism. Um, you know, I, I wonder if it has to do with the feeling you get um, with the feeling you get, period. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, you know, for example, like the three of us, we are, we, we're diehard Zelda Breath of the Wild fans. Um, when we finished, like, do you remember when you first, first finished that game and the feeling you got when you finished that game and like, you know, and you continued to play it and then you played it again. And it was just like this amazing feeling that you had. And I feel like that's what a lot of people have when they fe- when they finish specific games on specific consoles and they almost feel like 
an entitled feeling. I, I don't know if entitled is the right word or if it's a feeling of like, you know, this is the greatest game of all time. This is the console that's the greatest console of all time. I mean, obviously the three of us don't feel that way because we want to explore and see other games, but I feel like that's what a lot of people feel. And it's the same feeling when you hold, when you're either an iPhone user or if you are an Android user, when you hold that iPhone, you're, you almost become part of that cult, you know, or if you are a Samsung Fold owner, you're like, hey, you know, there are other phones that are better than iPhone user or iPhones, you know, like, I, I wonder if it's that feeling that people get, which is what creates that tribalism. Yeah. I think people want to feel like they're winning. You know, that's the feeling that they want. Yes. They're on the winning side, you know. <laughs> yes, 100%. I totally agree with you. Yeah, not like... We have an, uh, at least here in the U.S., we have an opposite problem where, you know, there's not that many smartphones available. Like there are, there's a bunch of phones across all kinds of different budgets and all that kind of stuff. But like, there's so much diversification in gaming right now. There's some, you, if there's something you want to do, you have something to do that with, whether it's, you know, we're starting to see uh, PC components start to go back to normal prices graphics cards not so much but still uh but we have the xbox playstation vr uh chromebooks are getting more better compatibility with games android phones iphones i saw a report that sony's working on a portable like a psp reboot but it's not gonna it's gonna be basically allow allow you to play your ps5 from like wherever you are right we have all this cloud game um like the the logitech g cloud and the What's the Razer one called? The Edge? Yes. And Asus just announced theirs. Yeah, the ROG. Yeah, the, the ROG thing. We have the Steam Deck. Like, there, so, uh, I, I've done, gone down the rabbit hole of these single board computer retro gaming console. Like, Nick knows. I've got, like, two or three of them already, and I'm, <laughs> I have another one in my Amazon cart. It's ridiculous how many different avenues that we have to play games. Yeah. And yeah, people just yeah. get so, like, anti anything other than what they believe in, and it's just not necessary mm -hmm. anymore. And, yeah. and we're almost at the point where we have more games than gamers, I feel like, some days. Because I, I swear, I look at the release lists every week, and I'm like, dear God, how, how can there be this many people to play these games? For sure. <laughs> look at any platform. Okay, so, so the end result of this conversation is don't be a ninny and just enjoy all the games out there guys stop being mean <laughs> okay i want to move on to another topic which um was an article published by me <laughs> i finally wrote something after such a long time <laughs> honestly i you guys might not those of you who are listening i mean i i do write but i've been feeling very lackluster in content for the past couple of months because i genuinely don't feel like there's something of interest for me to write and that kind of speaks volumes to the tech world right now like there's there's just not anything that's interesting to me but there was one topic that is of interest, which is TikTok, which I mean, you all know I'm I love TikTok, um, but I, I and I have written opinion articles. But this specific one, I went back to my roots and it's purely a news article where I pulled in commentary from analysts talking about whether or not other platforms like Meta's Reels or um, I guess you, it's called Instagram Reels um, or YouTube Shorts should have some form a, of a glow up considering what is happening with TikTok right now. And I 
said to my crew, uh, everyone here at Android Central, that I really didn't want to insert my opinion because I don't want people to think I am a TikTok show because I love it so much. But I am going to insert my opinion right now. And that is, you know, I think if a company is being uh, questioned by the government, whichever government it is, that there is every right for the government to do that, especially if there is a national security concern. That being said, we have not heard of any national security concern from TikTok. And if there was, then perhaps it should be banned. Like, I, I don't know where that conversation go should go. But what I do believe is that companies like Google and Meta should really take advantage of this moment and actually figure out how they can capitalize on their respective apps that are similar to TikTok. So YouTube Shorts um, and Meta's Instagram Reels. And the reason why I think that they should is because, you know, if TikTok gets banned, where do these creators go? I mean, obviously, I'm sure they're thinking about it, especially in the US. There are so many content creators. They're thinking about where should they go? What What is their next avenue? And some of these TikTokers, they started out on TikTok. You know, they 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 perform on, you know, three minute videos. They know short form content. And there really isn't another platform, at least in my opinion, that is doing as good as TikTok. I mean, yeah, again, like I said, there's YouTube Shorts, there's Meta's Instagram Reels, but you know, should we change the format of YouTube Shorts? Should we figure? Should they have their own standalone apps? At least I think YouTube Shorts should be a standalone app. So I don't know. What do you guys think about this? What What did you guys think about what the analysts had to say when it came to this? I definitely side with the idea of separating shorts from regular YouTube just because the experience is so different. Um, and I think, you know, you and I talked about this while you were writing it, but I think Google's example of separating music out from YouTube, so YouTube Music, obviously, as a separate app is the way to go because you can still find music in YouTube. If you want to look up music, you can still play it from there. It's no big deal. But if you just want music, you go to the YouTube Music app, right? And I feel like the same is with shorts, where you can keep it in the regular YouTube app just like music is. You can have the little tab in the bottom. I don't care. But I also think they should launch a separate shorts app to take advantage of that different experience for people who just want to go there and do that and not see the other stuff. Right. And I think one of the reasons for why YouTube hasn't done that, which, by the way, I didn't even know that YouTube shorts is incorporated in the YouTube app. Like that's how I feel like it's been there for such a long time and I didn't even know it was there. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, I, I just, I think it, it makes sense, but I, I mean, I guess it also makes sense with what these analysts are suggesting. Like, you know, I think YouTube wants to be able to, or rather Google wants to be able to take advantage of the popularity of YouTube and the content creators on YouTube, they they were sort of the first successful company to really delve into content creation and monetize that and help advertisers make money and content creators make money. And I guess the point is, you know, um, taking advantage of that and, and allowing those content creators to sort of be able to work within the app. But I guess maybe the thought is if YouTube didn't create a standalone app, one of the suggestion, suggestions was to make YouTube shorts more prominent and more 
of a focal point in the YouTube app. And I, I wonder if maybe that might be an alternative. And, and do you guys think that that should happen? I think that they need to revamp the look of it because, you know, TikTok is mainly, everybody uses TikTok, right? But it's really popular with the younger generations. So, you know, Gen Z, Gen X, the younger kids these days, everyone is on TikTok. But, you know, YouTube Shorts is just not as appealing because it doesn't look as good. The UI is not as fun. So, you know, actually an accurate comparison would be Snapchat, I think, because Snapchat is also doing those uh, short form videos. They have a section for that. I think YouTube I should always, learn. I literally always forget about Snapchat. Like, why do I That's always forget old. that? <laughs> hey! It's, it's also because it didn't start as that, right? Yeah, it was that's mainly true. just a communications app. Yeah, that's kind true. of like Sorry, YouTube. Go, go, back, they, <laughs> go right? back to they what you were saying. Start out. Yeah, so YouTube didn't start out with full short form videos. TikTok was built for that. So if they want to catch some, you know, honeys, well, if you want to catch bees, you got to catch them with honey. You know that saying, you know where I'm going with this. Sexy it yeah, out. Make yeah. it look good, you know. Make the app fun to use. Separate shorts. I, I'm totally on that side. Separate it and give it a more appealing, you know, coat of paint that's fun to use. Okay, so Google, if you're listening to us, I mean, obviously, this is something that you need to think of doing. Make YouTube shorts sexy. That should have been my headline, actually. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not too late to change it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, let's move on. I want to talk about um, Samsung and Fan Edition. What does Fan Edition even mean, Samsung? <laughs> okay, so Michael... Uh, well, so it's going to be actually it's publishing right now as we speak, 9.30 a.m. Um, so Michael wrote a fantastic article called What Does Fan Edition Even Mean? Um, basically saying, you know, ever since the Galaxy S20 FE wowed everyone, other Fan Edition phones haven't made much of an impact. And the leaked S23 FE and Tab S8 FE probably won't buck that trend. Um you know, as much of this is a, a, a sort of an explainer article in terms of like, what is a fan edition and why does it exist? I think part of it also is questioning, should Samsung even have a fan edition phone and should um, they be almost restructuring their lineup of devices? And I wrote something like this similarly last year, you know, in terms of like, should Samsung reevaluate their structure? What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Should Samsung be doing something like this? Are they doing a disservice by, you know, even having a new fan edition phone come out? What do you guys think? Uh, <laughs> I think the fan edition name is weird, right? But it's also more attractive than buying a phone that has light at the end of it, which I think is probably the point. I don't understand what the heck it means either. I, I, I think... A couple people have tried to say that this is for the fans who like their phones but, you know, don't want to or can't spend full price on the more expensive flagships, but I don't I don't know. I, it's it's weird. Um I I think there is a spot for this in their lineup because it it still is probably priced somewhere between like that um A53, 54, 55 kind of high-end series of the a i guess actually the 70 series is the high end for the a isn't it uh well gosh now i'm talking in circles i don't know anymore <laughs> but the actually <laughs> maybe that's the, the point a50 series, I don't, nobody knows 
<laughs> the A50 series are more popular, actually, so everyone forgets the A70 exists. I personally don't see why they should continue with the FE phones. I think they could just reduce the price of the entry-level S23, 24, because there's three of those already, and then you have your A-series. There's just not... I don't know. I don't see the reason why the FE phone exists anymore. Just yeah, and, make sense. and the other thing too is like there's this there's a rumor that actually came out I think um, yesterday uh, from Sam Mobile basically reporting that that Samsung may slash the S twenty three FE price down to six hundred, which genuinely doesn't make sense to me. Like why you're you're not your the phone isn't really going to be um, as you know packed with um, features and you know it's also going to I don't know. I just, it's not going to be as great as like the next phone. So what, what's the point even like, right. And, and even worse is the fact that, you know, all the rumors at this point say that it's going to have that, uh, terrible Exynos processor in mm-hmm. it that nobody mm-hmm. liked from the galaxy S 22. So we're talking not only a year and a half year old processor, but one that nobody liked in the first place. So it's That's a waste of space. It, it definitely is watering down of the brand. If they do that, I, I think it would be a huge mistake for them to release that at all. Yeah. Um, so I want to just quote Michael in what he wrote here in it. Cause I liked the sentence. The fan edition brand is in danger of becoming a misnomer. If Samsung continues to use them to fill a mid range niche, instead of catering to its fans, the smartphone ex- the smartphone experts we've polled say that Samsung's FE plan, as is, will be an uphill battle. I think that kind of, you know, puts it really nicely because it is an uphill battle. Like, what is the point of even bringing out this phone? Unless, I mean, there is a market and that that, that niche market really wants that phone and it, Samsung has enough money to spend to create this phone. I feel like that's the only other alternative thought process here. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm just so lost in this whole thing because it's, it's hard to even, even pin it down. I guess like I, you, when there's phones like the Pixel Seven that you can get for what six hundred dollars, I think. Yes. Why would anybody go for a crappier S twenty three? Why? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's pretty silly. And, you know, I, I guess also on the fan edition name, I feel like Samsung should save that for the crazy phone, right? The one that costs $2,200. That, to me, is a fan edition. Those are the people that are huge Samsung fans and just want bleeding edge whatever, and they're going to pay any price for it. Not this. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Not whatever this thing is. However we describe this thing. This it's a bizarre mess. mid-range premium hybrid. Yeah, bizarro I don't know. situation. Anyway, get, Samsung. Get rid of it, Samsung. <laughs> yeah, again, you know, we know Google listens to us. We know you listen to us. Get rid of it. We, <laughs> there's no point of a fan edition phone. Okay, let's take a quick break. Uh, we still have a bunch of fun little things that we want to talk about. So we'll be right back. is the hiring platform you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, 
assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash ACP to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone need to hire you need indeed okie dokie let's talk about uh samsung again (laughs) so nick you wrote this article it's called samsung is said to be putting the galaxy z fold 5 on a diet uh it's a newser uh essentially a new report notes that one galaxy z fold 5 prototype is 13 grams lighter than the Z Fold 4. The new hinge design is lighter and thinner, allowing the phone to fold flat and come in at one millimeter thinner. Samsung's new hinge will curve the glass in a water drop shape, helping to eliminate the display crease. Of course, all of this is rumors. We don't know of any of this, you know, in terms of confirmation. Um, And I know this might sound like a mundane topic, but I always love a lighter phone. I don't know, Nick, you are a Fold fiend uh you love um samsung's foldable phones um so is andrew (laughs) so does so does andrew yes so so the thought here is um if a fold is is 13 grams lighter that could potentially mean that the stuff that's inside the the guts of the phone it could be reduced a bit i I don't know how does that work how how could a, a phone be lighter but also be as powerful as it should be if that so makes in, sense. It, yeah, it's fine. In in this case, um, it's the hinge actually that is the bulk of this weight reduction, probably actually all of it, um, because with the foldables, as we've seen several generations now, the hinge itself gets smaller, it gets lighter, it gets thinner, it gets uh, narrower, um, and this is the case again with this, where the new hinge design um, effectively uses less metal because it's smaller. And, and that's the thing is all of these hinges are completely metal hinges. So they're automatically going to add a fair bit of weight when, you know, some of the other materials they use don't weigh as much as a metal hinge. Um, for me, though, you know, this difference in weight is not as big of a deal as the idea that this will be a water drop shape hinge, which if anybody has ever used or seen a phone that does that, there are plenty of foldable phones out there that use that that, that type. It basically gets rid of the crease, right? Um, over time, you'll still see a little bit of one there as the glass just regularly bends and sort of gets, I guess we'll call it a memory for lack of a more technical term. Um, but it's not like the current Samsung hinge that's super narrow and, and you always have a crease there, right? Like on these types of phones, when you unfold them, it just looks like a flat display. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important for more mainstream adoption of these. I mean, these have sold very well. 
Uh, Samsung has sold millions and millions of these things. So they, they are doing well for Samsung. Um, there is definitely a market out there. And I think, <laughs> unlike our VR conversation earlier, I think these have a chance to actually replace the premium segment once they get all of these little things done. Um, and this particular report did not say that the hinge will be dust resistant, but the previous one that we reported on a month ago had effectively all of this info in it, plus saying that it'll be dust resistant, which, you know, for me was another huge thing that needs to be done because you can't really take a folder or flip to the beach unless you want to risk the potential of destroying the screen by getting sand in it, right? So um, both the crease and that dust resistance being solved in this generation would be, I think, monumental for Samsung. Um, I have a, a question here with respect to that, actually. So I've complained about how I feel the fold feels cheap in your hands. I think I think that has to do with the, the glass or the, the plastic and how how it should be glass um the 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 foldable crease i mean obviously yes. that's that's yeah, really hard but it, because of that it, it kind of makes the phone feel cheap right. um despite being a $2400 phone um and i'm curious to hear your thoughts on this by replacing the hinge potentially um do you think that they would replace it with materials that will make it even more cheaper looking slash feeling in order to create this lighter feel? I I have not seen anything so far to suggest that we're getting a new screen protector, which is what is giving you that feel, because that's made out of PET. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember what PET stands for right now, but it's polyurethane something or other. It's plastic. Um, it, and that, I know on the current model, I don't feel like it, it feels cheap. Um, I understand where you would get that from. My issue with it is that with the current crease or uh, hinge design, because of how narrow the crease is, after a few months, you will actually develop a line in that plastic and you have to replace it after six, seven, eight months, something like that. Unless you just really like a line down the middle of your phone, which, you know. The, you don't like the, lines down the, the middle of your the phone? The crease is already bad enough. I don't need a line <laughs> in the middle of that too, okay? So, yeah, that's... That's another one of those little things where it's like, okay, well, in a few months, you're going to have to spend, I don't know, 30 bucks or whatever it is on a new protector because it gets that crease. So I, I would love to see that. But I also wonder because the water drop hinge uh, doesn't fold the glasses narrow. It's, you know, a much wider fold. I also wonder that, you know, even if using the same materials, it won't develop that line. Mm. Andrew, I know you love the fold. What are your thoughts on this? I am all if you have any. I am all for getting rid of the crease. I am terrified that Samsung's going to cheap out and still charge us the same amount of money. Yeah, that's, I just I still don't get it. Like, it's so expensive. I think there's a, I mean, the, there is a good chance that they don't do that, uh, especially because outside of the U.S., they are, like, the competition for foldables is incredible. Um, it's just not something that's made its way to the States yet. Yeah. Mm. But... So I don't, I don't think that they'll do that, but it's Samsung, so it wouldn't shock me if they did. But I, I would like to, I would really like for them to cut down on the crease. Um, I, it's one of my minor quibbles is that, you know, I love having the S Pen, I love being able to use the S Pen, but if I'm going to actually take notes on my fold, I don't. I just grab like a pad of paper or I end up like typing it out because 
running the pen across that crease does get annoying after a while. Um, and I would really like for them to, to, to solve that. This is something that they should have done with the, with the fold for, uh, they just decided to play it safe for whatever reason. That's really interesting. You say that with the pen. I'm going to say one thing, yeah. which is my new favorite word is quibble. Oh yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, it's my, uh, my morning, not enough coffee brain. <laughs> I no, like it's it. good. I like it. Stop <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I really thought it was interesting that uh, you thought that about the pen because I take notes on my fold weekly, uh, not daily. <laughs> I take um, I take notes on my fold yeah. weekly. I That's just right. take notes. I take notes on my fold. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> just making so fun you of you, man. So you don't have the like you don't have that problem. I, I've never noticed it. I mean, like, I, I can see it, but I don't... When I'm writing, I don't ever feel like it's there. It doesn't affect me whatsoever. If anything, the crease is the most obvious to me when I'm reading on the thing. See, it doesn't bother me when I'm reading, because it just blends in. It's hilarious! <laughs> it just blends into whatever, whether oh. I'm reading, a you know, an article or, like, a... It's usually an article, because I don't read books, because I'm a Neanderthal. But... <laughs> Or if I'm, even if I'm just like scrolling Twitter or like going through Reddit, like I don't really ever really notice the crease while I'm, you know, obviously you do if it, if there's like glare from somewhere, but yes, the biggest time that I notice it is if I'm trying to write notes. Cause then I feel like I have to write on one side. I have to finish this, this word before I have to jump over the gap or, and it's not like it, it ruins my handwriting cause it's bad enough already, but like it does not feel comfortable and smooth. Like if I were to, write on a piece of paper, the S23 Ultra, an iPad, another tab, like a tablet with a stylus. Like it just, I want that seamless fluid feel. And I don't get that when I'm writing notes on the, the, the fold. It's fair. Fair, fair, fair. And I, yeah. And maybe it's cause I'm writing in vertical. Like how do you hold, like how do you write on the, the fold? Do you hold it vertically or horizontally? Uh, I guess vertically. So the, 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 display crease is uh right in the middle of vertical okay yeah that's how i, do. I guess it would be in the middle either way dummy yeah, 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 but yeah. i wasn't gonna say anything but... <laughs> okay so we both, oh, we both write the same way because like if you were if you wrote horizontally i could see why it wouldn't bother you but since you write the same way that i do i don't know what's wrong with us yeah and i i write vertically <laughs> because um i have a case that has an s pen holster on the back and I like to hold the phone like I, I grip that part with the tips of my fingers and it makes it easier to hold the phone and write, which is why I, I also wrestle with them putting the S Pen in the body. Right. Because I'm like, well, I like that that little hump on the back because it really does give you a place to grab it. This is like the argument of bezels on tablets. You need that little bit of space to actually grab the thing because it's larger than a regular phone. Yeah. So you need these extra what seems like awkward design pieces for them to actually not be awkward to use. Right. Well, yeah, I, I definitely agree. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do agree with that. I, I can see, I see the arguments for the built in S pen on both sides. I haven't sure. fallen one way or another yet. Um, but something yeah. that, I also like the larger S pen. So, you know, the, the, the pro just, just or like the, the difference between like an S 23 ultra little S pen and 
the one that I use on the Fold, which oh, yeah. is the tablet size one, right? Like it's the larger one's just so much nicer to use. I, and I've figured out that that's why I don't use the the, the S Pen on my my Ultra because it's just yeah, it's it, too uh, small. Right, my hand cramps up in like thing. less than five minutes of writing. <laughs> right, yeah, it's not comfortable to use. It's cute to have, but I. I don't ever use it because, like you said, it's, just, it's it's too small. I don't like it. Yeah. And all right. Well, I will not lie. I have completely zoned out, guys. It's all right. We got totally <laughs> off topic, so I'll shut up now. <laughs> Let me get this one Go more thing. It. So, like, for what it. I'm Go hoping for, for, for is that if they implement this water drop notch, they can actually give me a front screen that doesn't make my hands cramp. That's well, also fair. Is it making your hands cramp because, like, when you fold it, it's so It's just thin? very narrow. And like yeah, it's, it's usable. Narrow. It's narrow. And it's yeah. great for scrolling or responding quickly to a message. Yeah. Or you know, pro, you know, look watching a video really quick or something like that. It's really it's awkward feeling though. It like, can I, feel I, awkward. It I'm not saying I want a phone as wide as the 23 Ultra or as wide as the Pixel 7 Pro. Just give me like a like a half inch. Like a hair. Like a half inch. Yeah. 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 Yep. No, I I actually agree with you on that one because I I do fi- find it to be that actually. To me, that kind of also leads to why I feel the phone feels cheap, because it's like it almost feels like a toy. Does, like it's a very when expensive I hold it, toy. like it literally because it's narrow. Yeah, like it, it feels like a toy phone. I don't know. That's just maybe that's just. I, I, I just can't get over you're calling an eighteen hundred dollar phone that folds in half a toy and like cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I just that listen. That's what it feels to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Samsung, I still love you guys. You do, you do, you do, you guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about an article that you wrote, um, Andrew. Uh, fantastic title. We love it. It's called "Why I'd Rather Spend a Thousand Dollars on a Chromebook Than a Tablet." Um, you know what? I'm just gonna. I'm. I feel like the article speaks for itself, but I'm just gonna let you take it away. Tell us about it. Why would you spend a thousand dollars on a Chromebook? rather than a tablet you know what i'm gonna do you one better because i'm gonna pivot this one to nick oh (laughs) because i actually Ah, look at you i garnered a response from somebody that we work with that i did not expect okay okay continue continue should i just talk about it (laughs) yeah just talk about it i'll explain what the premise is yeah, yeah. Explain, uh, explain and then, it, and then, and then let's hear. Yeah. yeah, let's hear what Nick has to say. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of stigma about premium Chromebooks. Uh, one, there's not very many of them. Uh, two of them are manufactured by HP. The Pixelbook Go was one of the other ones, and that's no longer sold. But the like our best, our pick for my pick for best Chromebook is 750 bucks. It's the Acer Chromebook Spin 714. It's just the great overall package gives you everything you could want and then there's one more thousand dollar chromebook or pre quote unquote premium chromebook and that's the framework laptop which is a completely different concept altogether uh basically this article goes over why chromebooks at the same price point as a as like an ipad pro or the tab s8 plus is a better experience uh uh it's more cost effective it's just yeah plain blankly simply better overall right um and it explains i go through and explain why a thousand dollar chromebook especially like with hp's dragonfly pro that came out and i wrote the review i times a flat circle i don't remember how long it's been but it gives you everything you can need minus a convertible design 
for a thousand bucks and it's more than enough power than any person is going to need for most tasks. There's obviously like creators might want to look a little bit differently, but I'm still messing around with the video editing stuff on there. So I don't hundred percent have like a firm opinion one way or another yet, but at that even that's getting better on Chrome OS gaming is coming to Chrome OS and it's not just the play store. You have steam now. No, you can't play all the AAA titles, but that's where uh, GeForce Now and Xbox Game Pass can help fill the gap, along with, um, I guess, Luna. Yep. Amazon Luna. I'm, it's fine. But anyways, so yeah, it, it, that's basically just what it, what it goes over. But I got genuinely got a response out of Nick that I was not expecting. I literally asked him <laughs> if he was being sarcastic when he responded to me. Yeah, so when we talked about this uh, initially... You know, my thought was, why, why would I spend a thousand dollars on a Chromebook? Are you out of your mind? It doesn't do enough. But I think a lot of this thought comes from several years ago when a thousand dollars for a laptop still got you a good laptop, right? Whereas at this point, you really you got to spend fifteen hundred dollars and up if you're gonna get a good, like we'll just say, a Windows-based laptop that can actually do video rendering, that can actually play games, that can actually do more than just browse the web effectively, right? That's, that's not just a glorified netbook. Um, and, and to me, for a long time, Chromebooks were just glorified netbooks. I mean, it was a browser that ran on a computer and not much else. But a lot of that, that thought comes from not having used one personally in a long time, despite the fact that that's my wife's main computer. I just don't ever use it, right? <laughs> and hers is like a $300 Lenovo educational one that's drop-proof and spill-proof, and, you know, like, it, it, it's just a little cheapy laptop that does what it does and does it well, but it's all she needs, okay? But after reading Andrew's article and him going over like how much an iPad Pro is, how much a Tab S8 Plus is, heck, how much a Surface Pro is, right? If we're going to go more in the Windows market, you can't really get any of those for $1,000 once you include that keyboard stand. You know, those things that are required to make this an actual laptop replacement or an equivalent, they're at least $100 more than like the best $1,000 Chromebook he, he lists on here. But like that's that's basically the reason for why like so many schools chose to buy Chromebooks, you know, in bulk to to give to students because, you know, as kids were going to, you know, go to school from home or whatever during the pandemic or even just like now that that we're going more paperless, like that was one of the reasons. Right. It's just cheaper. Right. And, and well, it's not cheaper, but it's cheaper, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um and, and I think a little bit of Google's past with this OS is still haunting it in that the idea here was that this thing was light and fast and only did the basics and that's only what you needed effectively, right? So now that Google has built this thing up and it's, I mean, really, it's a, it's a proper desktop slash laptop OS, right? It has really all the features you're looking for. I think the only one that it can't do that I'm still waiting on is the the full adobe suite mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and, and i i really think if we could ever get that i will genuinely look into buying one but as far as this price range goes and the things you can do on a similarly priced windows laptop tablet whatever 
Yeah, it actually does make more sense to buy a Chromebook these days, even at a thousand dollars. And I, it just surprised me. It's is one of those times where you're genuinely surprised and you're like, wow, my uh, my thoughts on this are completely wrong. Am I am I misremembering this? But like, do guys, you can you can correct me. But in our past viewings of, um, I guess I/O and the Pixel event or whatever or even um, any any event where, where a Chromebook was showcased, did they actually showcase it in a way where it's like marketable slash you really want to buy it? I, I'm, I feel like I'm misremembering this because the only thing that's coming up in my head is the way Apple, um, you know, showcases its tablets in, in, its, in its Apple way, which is very, you know, flashy and like, big and with big production and really just trying to like show off the uses that that you know you could do with a with an iPad um are we can someone remind me like do we see the same thing with Chromebooks no and and if not if not then do you think we should yes okay <laughs> good to know but we're, we're not i i i don't think google's going to do that until like if they were if the pixel book 2 the rumored Pixelbook 2 was to come to fruition, uh, we would have, I think, because Chrome OS has matured to the point where it, it can be marketed properly, not just for schools. Um, otherwise, it's going to, I've got a feeling that Google's just saying, okay, we're not going to do it. And speaking to all the different manufacturers, y'all handle your marketing. We're not going to do it. Why, why do you think, why do you think they're not, um, capitalizing on it i don't actually have a good answer for that i I'm, i don't want to say it's not laziness I, I just don't know if they know how to market it mm. without like how because they had their event in the fall with you know the week or two after stadia was canceled or closed up or whatever they had that uh random event where lenovo and acer and asus announced gaming focused chromebooks but and and it was like done in partnership with Google, but that was it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, you know, watching TV, I don't see any commercials from any of those three companies, let alone Google. I'll see like seventeen ads now about the Pixel Seven, which is something that they should have been doing with the Pixel lineup for forever. <laughs> but I don't see anything for a Chromebook. But I see Apple with their iPads or their iPhones. I've seen so many commercials about the yellow iPhone. I just want to run away. I think part of it too has to do with the fact that with the iPad, there's the whole um, gaming aspect, like, you know, downloading games from the app store and being able to like use um, the iPad in a more leisurely way. I think that's probably why we're seeing more. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's something that we should explore. I think that's a, Interesting thought process. Okay, let's talk about um, our last article, uh, which I, I think will have, um, you know, our good friend Andrew here talking all about it. <laughs> uh, okay, so we did a poll uh, last week. I can't remember when. Um, the, the title of the poll was, which upcoming foldable phones are you looking forward to in 2023? There was a whole list of uh, phone devices that were that were presented as options, um, and the number one phone that most people want and are looking forward to is the Google Pixel Fold. However, are we really going to see a Google Pixel Fold? Hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Please. 
Can we? Please. Please, please. <laughs> I just want it. You know what? I really don't think that we're going to see it. Partly, I think it, it, I think it has to do with the crease issue, right? Like, I think when we look at the way Samsung has done it, you know, and I, I, okay, you guys can talk about this, but I think Google is doing the right thing by not releasing something yet. Yes. Mm, partly because, right? Like, partly because, yes, okay, we, we've seen the iterations that Samsung has done and all of these other companies and their phones, the phones look beautiful, but I, I don't think that we are there yet. And I don't think, um, I, I think, I think um, Google is smart for not releasing something yet. Yeah, I, I think Google acting like Apple here is yes. smart. Agreed. Yes. Um, yes. Now, I I think if we're gonna see a Pixel Fold in June, like the rumors are saying, um, I think it'll be based more on Oppo's design rather than Samsung's, which means it won't be water or dust resistant, um, and that it won't have a crease, which is you know something that we've seen a lot from uh, a lot of Chinese brands who have been doing foldables. They they use this water drop crease because or water drop hinge because you don't get the crease. But in the past, that has always meant no water or dust resistance, which is why Samsung stuck with their design. It, it gives them the leg up on the water resistance. Um, I, and this, this is tough, too, because the Pixel Fold will solve two problems, or maybe three, um, with the current Galaxy Fold in that it'll have that wider display. Again, this is all based on the rumors that we've seen and all the leaks and blah, 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 right? If they're true... It has that wider outside display that's more like a regular smartphone. When you open it, it's a 16 by 9 display, so it's more like a TV. So essentially, so you can watch your videos and all that stuff. Or I feel like the side-by-side apps will be a little less awkward because they won't be as tall and narrow. They will be, again, more like the shape of a current smartphone, just side-by-side if you want to do that. And then, of course, the Pixel camera, right? That's... Samsung's cameras have been great, and I really have no issues with my Fold, but Google's cameras are, with the exception of video recording, better. I, I couldn't say it better myself. I just want them to, to, to do it. Just give it to me already. I'm, yeah. That, that's that's I, just what I want. I think the only thing we're going to be missing is the S Pen, and I don't know if I'm going to care about that or not. I think I have to see. I, I agree. However... It would not come as so the Pixel tablet that's supposed to be coming, even though it was announced a year ago. Right. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to have a, a stylus, like a USI stylus. The same. It's just using supposedly. I don't remember if it's been the leaks leaked or Google confirmed it, but supposedly it's using the same USI standard as Chromebooks. Uh, I would love if and would not be surprised if Google integrated support for USI stylus pens with the, the the fold. I think that it's seen the market, seen the, the, the desire for foldables to have a stylus. And I, I feel like it might not come this first iteration, but it will definitely be around the second time as long as Google doesn't cancel everything. Mm. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens, Google. Uh, listen, we know you listen to us, okay? We know you read our articles. 
<laughs> we know. <laughs> we we know. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we, we I know. just want it. Dang it. <laughs> that's that's really all there is to it. It's gonna be good. Oh man. I I actually think that if Google releases a foldable phone, that might be the phone that I that will get me to switch over from an iPhone. Uh, you heard it here, folks. Mm. That might be my next editorial. I, don't, we'll I think you see. should actually do it. Actually write it. <laughs> I might. I actually might. Because I did write. Remember, I, I wrote Give them about... some encouragement. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, read, me, they listen you to you, Shruti. They read you. <laughs> you just happen to write and be a part of Android Central. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, on that note... Mm. <laughs> Let's uh, let's see if I write that. Okay, I actually might write it. Actually, that that sounds exciting to write. Okay, um, I want to talk about my favorite part of the podcast, which is the things that made us happy this last week. Who wants to go first? I know what Andrew's is going to be. So if you want to go first, Andrew, you can go first. <laughs> yeah. So I have a little terror of delight laying next to me taking a nap at the moment. Uh, my 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 wife and I got a new puppy on Sunday. Um, and she is both equal parts adorable t- to the furthest extent that I can try and explain at 10 a.m. And frustrating beyond belief because I'm averaging like four hours of sleep this week. Oh, God. But she's uh, so cute, though. But she's so adorable when she's not biting one. <laughs> oh, wait till you have to deal with... Uh the the puppy teeth biting oh, man. scene good luck good luck yeah, yeah so no she's she's adorable it's our first it's our first pet together um it is we're definitely going through some some growing pains but you'll get there you'll be fine yeah for sure <laughs> she's just too freaking cute <laughs> okay who wants to go next I can, I can stay on the topic of animals because i'm pretty sure i haven't mentioned the chicks yet right no, you haven't. And okay. we saw, well, we saw a picture in our group chat, and I was like, "What? You got new chickies?" Yeah. So my wife went to the feed store. Uh, we go like once a month, right? And it's what's spring, so store? of course the feed store has chicks. What's, what's a what's a feed store? Where you go get? Uh, She's in Canada. They don't. She doesn't know what that means. Okay. It's it's like an agricultural store, so you go there. And oh, okay. They have to sell all kinds of stuff, but we primarily okay, okay, go okay, there okay. for chicken feed and rabbit feed. Oh, okay, okay, um, okay. And she was just going there to pick up food. And, of course, they had chicks. And my son was like, I, I have to get them. I have, oh. here, I have $20. Oh. I'm going to buy them. And so oh she sends gosh. me pictures. And she's like, he wants to buy them. I don't want to let him use his money. Do you want to just buy them? I'm like, you know what? What the heck? Carpe diem. Let's go. How much are, get two. How much are, <laughs> how much are chicks? <laughs> so got, we got two chicks. And the best part is we have another friend who has... Uh, some hatching right now, so we're gonna get two more. Oh my like, god! Next week, so we're gonna oh have four gosh. more, which is nice for egg production, because uh, when they get older, they don't lay as much. So mm, we'll, we'll have like that nice, that nice little overlap there of lots of eggs. But yeah, oh, chickens are addicting. Chicken math means one plus one equals twelve. Um, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Oh my gosh! Well, we lo- we love the chickies. They're so cute. Uh, okay, Namira, your turn. Um, actually, I would also like to speak about pets. <laughs> so I have two cats, and they hate each other. Oh gosh! They're both black, and they're both male, but they hate each other. <laughs> but this week, well, we have been, you know, speaking to a cat behaviorist and getting them introduced properly, and they made 
a big progress thingy to th this week. You know, they groomed each other. So we're like, yay! <gasps> oh, yeah. yay! Normally it's all hisses and fighting and, you know, one of them poops. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. That is so cute. Well, we're really happy for your two cats uh, who are finally getting along. Yeah. All right. I mean, obviously, obviously, since you are all talking about animals, I'm obviously going to talk about animals too. Um, okay. I'm going to talk about Jiggy, who is my dog. I, I mean, I've spoken about him quite a lot. Um, but I just want to say that I love him and he makes me really happy. And um, he is just growing and he just turned seven months. I'm in like absolutely terrified of his teenage years because you can already tell that he is going to be a terror but um I love him and he's so cute and he makes me really happy every single day um and he's helping me learn to be a more patient and more present person every single day and the other thing that made me happy is um I, as you all know, I love TikTok. Um, there is a profile on TikTok. I, I, actually, they are also on Twitter and other platforms as well. Uh, but it's uh, We Rate Dogs. And um, the founder or creator, Matt, I think his name is Matt or Max. I can't remember. If he hears this, I'm really sorry. He probably won't hear this. But anyways, um, he rates dogs. And they're all, obviously, they're always above 20, like, duh why wouldn't they be they're perfect um but he put out a tiktok this morning and basically he was talking about this photographer who took photos of, of dogs when they were puppies and then do the same dog um when they were a senior so like i think they were 10 years apart or maybe older i can't remember but he showed like a series of images and they were just the sweetest images ever and it just made me really really oh i love dogs Ooh. anyways that's what made me happy and um i'm glad we all stuck to the animal theme all right on that note guys thank you so much for listening to us wherever you're listening whether it's in the morning afternoon or night thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us we really really appreciate it and we'll catch you guys next time bye